You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the Fan Side Network. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy weekend. This is uh, this weekend, obviously, gold medal Olympic, the Olympic gold medal game. I'm recording this earlier on Friday. It is, is this evening, Friday night. So that happens this weekend. Summer League kicks off. Las Vegas Summer League kicks off on Sunday, although the Wolves entry does not play till Monday night. I said that wrong on the show the other day. Um, the Timberwolves actually don't play till Monday evening, not Sunday. But the Summer League as a whole kicks off uh, in Vegas, at least on Sunday, uh, which of course will include the Timberwolves. And then into next week, we get continuation of summer league we'll have olympics to talk about on monday show so there's a lot upcoming here this weekend not a lot of timberwolves like true timberwolves news this week we all know it's been a really quiet week in free agency for the wolves but i want to hit on some of the bigger more significant moves in the league the past 24 48 hours or so and then also john krasinski uh, wrote an article the fantastic john krasinski over at the athletic about the timberwolves uh, he spoke with gerson rosas about basically their lack of activity you know what could be coming next there's a couple of interesting notes in his article at the athletic so i want to hit on a couple of those and then kind of speak to rosas's overall sentiment about the what he calls the quote value of continuity i know there's a lot of uh, of snickers going around timberwolves twitter about the the idea of a, of one of the league's worst teams and, and you know forever, but including last year, having a value of continuity. But I want to speak to that a little bit because I've been pretty bullish on this roster being a a borderline playoff team last year without knowing how good Anthony Edwards was, without knowing um, or, or without, you know, uh, knowing how good Jade McDaniels would be and, and and honestly how why this team might sit in just as good if not a better spot now as they did at the start of last season when there was some actual optimism around the Timberwolves. So I want to get into that because I think I think we're uh you know I understand why Timberwolves fans are jaded and the and the discourse around the Timberwolves is, is always kind of doomsday. But I'm here to tell you that I don't feel that way about this week. I, I, if you ever thought the Wolves were going to do anything in free agency, I'm, I'm sorry, you shouldn't have. And I've said that on the show now for weeks, but I want to get into that a little bit more um, and kind of, and kind of, you know, dig in and, and give my take on, on why I don't think him, you know, Rosas speaking to the value of continuity, continuity, is as crazy as it sounds. So that'll be the show today. That'll be the focus. Um, we'll, we'll talk free agency off the top, and then I'll get into some of those those items here in a little bit. Um, a reminder, as always, though, you can follow this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. That, of course, includes Apple, as well as Spotify, Google, and uh, the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves and at BBeacon. That's my Twitter handle, BBeacon, two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. Okay, um, let's talk about some of the bigger free agency moves as a whole. Uh, basically, what's what's happened notably for the Wolves. Um, Thursday, at some point on Thursday, the two-way contract with the Wolves for McKinley Wright became official. That would be the only Timberwolves movement in the past day or so. And then there's been a handful of other things. There's been some extensions. Trey Young is re-upping with a five-year contract extension with the Hawks. We've got Kawhi Leonard saying that he will agree, or not saying, but the, the report is out that he will re-up with the Clippers, although they're still discussing terms. Um, you know, the uh, Kevin Durant's agreeing to an extension with the Nets. That's happening. Justice Winslow is going to Los Angeles to the Clippers. Of course, he spent last year with Memphis. Um, so that's that's new information, not, not groundbreaking. Uh, also under that category is Grayson Allen being traded from the the Grizzlies to the Bucks for a pair of second round picks and Sam Merrill. Um, Rashawn Holmes has officially signed with the Kings. We knew that that was going to happen. Um, and, and those are kind of the bigger moves that have happened over the past couple of days. Uh, 
Jimmy Butler's extension was officially announced as well. Um, Duncan Robinson with the Heat, you know, things that were reported a few days ago that are finally now able to to, to happen. Um, so nothing really all that groundbreaking happening in the past couple of days. We know the Wolves missed out on a lot of, you know, Rashawn Holmes was one of the potential targets that they, you know, along with Jermichael Green and, and others that just never were realistically going to come to Minnesota. Um, Laurie Markkinen is still being talked about as a possibility. There isn't anything directly connecting the Wolves besides the rumors we've already talked about on the show. John Hollinger at The Athletic, John Krasinski's reported it, Michael Scotto at a uh, Hoops Hype has reported, I believe Bleacher Report's been on it, about the Wolves actually having legitimate interest in Markkinen. And Laurie Markkinen is now, this was a, a Finnish interview that uh, Markkinen gave uh, to a Finnish reporter that Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports translated and aggregated. Markkinen said just recently, he said, quote, we have offers from several different teams. I want a fresh start to my NBA career somewhere else is what he said. Um, the Wolves, of course, will be in the mix for this. And I, I spent some time on him a couple different days, I think maybe Monday and Thursday or Monday and Wednesday this week about Markkinen as a possibility. Should the Wolves be interested? What would he bring to the table? What would they have to sacrifice to get him? And, uh, you know, go back and listen to that. Um, you know, if, if you want my full take, basically, my take on it is if you're trading for marketing, fine. I think that the value wouldn't be insane. If you're paying marketing for agency, fine. But to have to give up assets to then probably overpay him is a hard pass for me. I just don't think he gives you much more than what you've got in your two, three-headed monster. If you bring back Jared Vanderbilt, you got Vanderbilt, Jade McDaniels, Juancho Hernan Gomez. Now you've got Torian Prince. I think you've got enough there that unless you're getting marketing at a reasonable value, and if you have to give up, call it Torian Prince in a first round pick, which is what the discussion was the other day on the show as a possibility. Could that happen? Would that be worth it? But then you've also got to pay him whatever it is he's looking to get paid. We know it's not a max, obviously, but it's going to be not probably not as far away from a max as it should be for Laurie Markkinen. And of course, he's still got some upside. He's only four years into the league. And he's going to keep getting better. He has career best three-point shooting year last year. But the defensive shortcomings and, and also the – I mean, he's got a strong offensive game, but the rebounding is just okay. And there's – there's you know, he's not going to play make for you much. Um, I just don't think that paying the price in assets plus in the contract extension – tying up more cap space is really going to be worth it for the Wolves. So I'm hoping the Wolves sit this one out. Unless unless I'm wrong about one or both of those things, that the assets to get him and or the contract to sign him to isn't what I think it's going to be, then fine. If the value's good, then yeah, he makes the roster better. But the Wolves have to make some hard decisions. And we'll get to that in a minute here, or in a few minutes, regarding what this offseason looks like and why they haven't done anything and why we shouldn't be surprised that the Timberwolves haven't done anything Relatively speaking, this offseason, obviously, they did the, the Rubia Prince trade and they made the two-way additions. But um, Markkinen is still looking for another team. And so that's out there. That's kind of the latest news that would potentially involve the Timberwolves. Um, there's nothing else really being discussed. But I want to – oh, I should mention Kelly Oubre did sign with the Charlotte Hornets. Um, that is significant because he's a name – I know one of my colleagues at Dunkin' with Wolves had written about him as a t- potential Timberwolves target – but he signed a two-year deal worth $26 million plus, according to Sham Sharani of The Athletic. That was reported on, uh, I think it was late Thursday that that was reported. So Ubre to, to Charlotte, which is interesting. I think it's a pretty good fit. I also think it's a little bit of an overpay for Ubre. Um, but he will not be an option anymore for the Timberwolves, of course. Okay, next I want to get into this John Krasinski article at The Athletic regarding Gerson Rosas and the Wolves' approach this offseason and their very quiet first five days of NBA free agency. Um, so we'll get into that here next, and then uh, that'll be pretty much the rest of the show. I want to preview next week a couple of things I hit on the top of the show. I mean, it's it's going to be a fun week next week as we then finally move into what's 
really, you know, obviously it's disappointing. We're now actually at the off season, but we'll have a few weeks of, of slower basketball news. Um, unless of course, something big breaks on the trade front before we get into, you know, training camps, which are only like what, seven weeks away or something crazy like that. So, um, anyway, that's what we'll have on the show here the rest of today and also into next week. Um, so we're going to hit all that here next. All right, John Krasinski of The Athletic always does a fantastic job. He had a piece that posted, um, oh, I should mention, actually, I haven't talked about his exclusive piece with Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez, and uh, I, that just hit me because John's done a, always does a great job, but this week especially as well. He had an exclusive interview with the Timberwolves' new minority owners, Alex Rodriguez and Mark Laurie, that posted, I think, Thursday on The Athletic. So if you've got a subscription, check it out. But both of those guys, Laurie and Rodriguez, very, really, I would say vehemently kind of underscored that that they intend on staying in Minnesota, that they want the team to stay in Minnesota. John points out it would have to be at least two years before they could start the process of moving. Of course, I've talked about that before, that they're not majority owners until the end of 2023. Um, so two plus years before that can actually happen. But they talk about the market. Rodriguez apparently says he's invested in a few thousand apartment units in the in Minneapolis, in the Minneapolis area in terms of real estate investments. Both Laurie and Rodriguez say they want to get a place in Minnesota. They think it's a, one of the most underrated cities in the country, which of course we hear people say all the time about the Twin Cities. They certainly wax poetic about their intentions to stay in Minneapolis. And, you know, it sounds good. And it really does. And, and I've said all along, I, you know, it's, it, it would be a ton of heavy lifting to move this team out of the Twin Cities. And there's also a ton of upside in the, in the, in the, you know, the, the country's 13th or 15th biggest media market, whatever it is in that 13 to 15 range, there's a lot to like about the twin cities. Um, and really the only thing to not like is a couple of short, well, <laughs> maybe not a couple of short is not the best way to say it. A few short, we'll call it short winter months, um, that are going to be, are, that are tough. You know, that NBA players, people not from Minnesota don't appreciate. But besides that, it's a fantastic place to have a, a professional sports franchise. The fans are outstanding. Everybody knows that. Um, and, you know, for a couple of business guys like Lorian Rodriguez, they know that it's an outstanding, you know, uh, city and, and market in terms of business. And so there, there's really no incentive to moving the franchise outside of Minneapolis. And I don't think that ever happens. It certainly can't happen in the next couple, three, four years. Um, so it's a good article. They speak to the market. They speak to the excitement um, that they have owning the team. Uh, they talk about meeting with Adam Silver uh, around the time that they actually were confirmed. Uh, well, and also Kevin Garnett's induction to the Hall of Fame. It's a really good piece. So go read that. John's other piece, the one that I want to focus on today at The Athletic, is Gerson Rosas and Chris Finch on the Timberwolves' quiet week and value of continuity, which is in quotes, something Rosas said. Um, long story short, Rosas basically gives his reasons for why the Wolves haven't done anything this week. Um, and he's, he's spot. I mean, he's right. He's not sugarcoating anything. It is what it is. Um, he says, quote, we want, we just want to see this team come together as well as this team played down the stretch last year. We didn't have Malik Beasley available because of injury. This group, the value of continuity, the value of growth together and just repetition together as a team. We're excited about what that growth might mean. End quote. Um, I don't think that's lip service. I think it's true. I mean, I could list all the numbers about how few minutes these guys have played together. I think if you're listening to this podcast, you're pretty familiar with it. I mean, D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns have an above 500 record playing together on the court. Anthony Edwards played with Malik Beasley, Carl Anthony Towns, and D'Angelo Russell a grand total of, I think it was 14 or 12 minutes last year that the four of them played together because of, you know, early in the season, Edwards came off the bench, Towns got hurt. Then Russell was hurt. Towns had COVID. 
Beasley was suspended, then Beasley got hurt. We didn't see those four players play together much at all. Um, now, when they play together, it's going to be a pretty small lineup. I think that that we're still going to see those minutes where they're all on the court together. Because if you're if those four are together, that means Edwards is playing the three. I don't think that's going to happen a ton, but we'll see. Um, and those guys just there just was wasn't continuity. And and again, going back to Rosas's point, value of continuity. Obviously, the head coaching switch, all of the 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 just kind of myriad ailments that this team had and and issues. I said at the start of last year, I thought they'd be in the seven to 10 seed conversation for a play-in spot. I think that's where they sit right now. And I honestly think they could be better than that. Going into last year, there was a lot of optimism about them being an above 500 team. And I was on that train. I thought they'd be an above 500 team. This is essentially the same roster. I mean, Ricky Rubio has gone, Torian Prince is here. Anthony Edwards is better than people thought he would be. Remember, he was pretty... Not, he wasn't very good the first six to eight weeks of last season. He was awesome down the stretch last year. He's legit already going to be, if he plays like he did in March, April, May of last year, he's already a borderline star. Combine that with Jaden McDaniels. Nobody was expecting anything out of Jaden McDaniels last year. He's already a rotation caliber guy. He's a, an NBA level, switchable, versatile defender with some offensive upside. Both of those guys gave the Timberwolves more than they expected. And so you take what you thought this team was last fall. Edwards and McDaniels are both better. Swap out Rubio for Prince. That's the team. You could argue Nas Reed's been better than expected. Um, you could argue Jaden, certainly Jared Vanderbilt, maybe even Jalen Noel is giving you more than you expected. Now, D'Angelo Russell was disappointing at times last year. Carl Anthony Towns didn't quite have the year we've come to see from him, even once he was healthy. Uh, but there's reason to believe those guys are going to bounce back as well. So the doom and gloom around this offseason, I've stated this before on the show I, quite a bit. Why were we ever expecting them to be active in free agency? They don't have any cap space. They had the mid-level exception. They made this deal on draft day to, to save a few million bucks by trading out Rubio and getting Prince, picking up a second round pick and some cash in the process. And then they aggregated, or excuse me, they they pushed the deal through in the previous league year, which means they can't aggregate Prince's contract. And they did that. Um, be, that was what the Cavs wanted to do. And my guess is that's how the Wolves got the cash and the pick is they said, fine, we'll do this. That means the Wolves can't trade Prince again unless it's a one for one trade. Um, and so that kind of put to bed the thought process, my thought process that I said on the show last uh, Thursday night into Friday following the draft and the trade was, hey, the Wolves are maneuvering to save themselves a few million bucks so they can take back more salary than they're sending out in a trade. That's a moot point now because Prince's deal happened in the last league league calendar and they can't aggregate his contract right now. So if they're going to pull off a big trade, it's going to be with a lot of picks. It's going to be with either Malik Beasley or D'Angelo Russell. And that's it. It's pretty unlikely they're able to pull off a big trade in the next few weeks. And it's 100% clear why they weren't able to do anything this week in free agency. They don't have space. They have the mid-level exception, and that's pretty much it. They have the ability to bring back Jared Vanderbilt and probably, but probably both he and Jordan McLaughlin, maybe one other guy. And if we had expectations for anything else, we were off base, um, to be very clear. I want to talk a little bit more about this. I have a couple more thoughts related to where the offseason sits as of right now. But first, we have to talk about our great friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. And I've been talking about it now for, I think, almost two years. It's phenomenal. I have one almost every single day. My favorite flavors right now, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut, cookies and cream. My favorite four flavors. It rotates a little bit. There's also a new Rocky Road flavor 
that I need to buy. I still need to buy it before they run out, but it just came out this week. Um, if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box. You'll get two of each of the nine staples, the nine main flavors at Built Bar. Um, check out the macros for Built Bars, by the way. They're not just delicious, but they're protein bars. So of course they're healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180 calories per bar, just four or five grams of sugar per bar and only four to five grams net carbs. They're all amazing flavors. They all taste delicious and they're all super healthy for you. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the US track and field team. US track and field continues to clean up here at the end of the Olympics. Um, you can go to built.com right now, use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Okay, a few final thoughts on the Wolves offseason thus far. Um, oh, and, and actually also a couple of thoughts related to John's John Krasinski's piece at The Athletic. He has another interesting quote from Gerson Rosas when he asked him about Torian Prince and what he brings to the team. Rosas says, I'll just read the quote. He uh, Rosas says about Prince, quote, a defender, shooter who can play a versatile role for us and brings energy, brings defense. The combination of him and Jared at the four excites us. Jared meaning Jared Vanderbilt. We can add some offense, some defense while addressing some of the team needs we have, end quote. He also says in this article that the Wolves, or Krasinski reports that the Wolves are still negotiating with Jared Vanderbilt's agent. They'd like to bring him back. They obviously aren't going to update on where it stands. But this is telling for a couple of reasons. One, Rosas is thinking of Prince as more of a four than as a three because he talks about the combination of him and Jared at the four. Two, he's talking about Jared Vanderbilt as though he really wants him back on the team. And we know that they do, but it's notable that he'll say that about a pending free agent, or not a pending free agent, a current free agent, a restricted free agent, right, and Jared Vanderbilt. The third thing is that he mentions specifically, I, I know the question's about Torian Prince, but he mentions Prince and Jared, does not mention Juancho Hernan Gomez, does not mention Jaden McDaniels, does not mention... Uh, Nasri, Jake Lamb, and other guys who have played the four or can play the four. That tells me that they're seeing Jade McDaniels as more of a three than a four. And we saw that with Chris Finch last year. He played both positions. Wancho played some three last year as well. But I'm wondering if, if Rosas is thinking there's still a shot that they're able to trade him. Obviously, there's they're in an awkward situation with Wancho. Everything with the Olympics, I guess if you missed all of it somehow, go back a week uh, or I guess two weeks now. And uh, long story short is after Wancho's shoulder injury the wolves told him he couldn't play in japan there was a in tokyo for the olympics apparently there's a misunderstanding spain thought he could play spain got mad wancho got mad the wolves traded ricky rubio i'm sure that wancho and i'm i i'm just i don't know i'm surmising here that the relationship between wancho and his camp and rosas and the wolves camp probably isn't great right now i don't know that he'll be traded wouldn't shock me if he was i don't know how you i mean he's expiring after this year because he's got a team option for the for the following year the con the last year of the contract but um, Wancho, at any rate, was not mentioned here. Nas, I think the Wolves mostly think of as a backup five, but he'll probably get some minutes at the four. But there's just so many guys now that can play the four. Nas in big lineups. Um, Vanderbilt in bigger lineups is better at the four. Uh, and then you look at all the guys who are... J Jade McDaniels is, was thought of as a four, but apparently he's going to play a lot of three. Um, end of the bench guys like Jake Lehman aren't necessarily in the conversation here. So the idea of Prince and Jared as your... Jared Vanderbilt as your top two guys at the four is interesting. Now, I know that Rosas had to speak well of the guy he was asked about that he just acquired in a trade. Torian Prince is overrated defensively. He can theoretically guard multiple positions, but he's never really had a track record of being an above average defender. Go back and look at his ESPN's real plus minus uh, 
defensive defensive real plus minus metric. And yes, it's one metric, but it's it's a pretty accurate depiction of how guys are individually on offense or defense. It attempts to move some of the noise of teammates on the court with them. And Torian Prince has not had a good run. Um, a couple of years he was classified as a small forward, a couple of years as a power forward. And there was one year he was like 81st out of 85 guys listed as small forwards, I think just two years ago, league-wide in defensive real plus minus. Um, he's not quite as quick laterally. Um, yes, he brings some energy. He's an okay rebounder for a guy who can play the three and the four. And he's a good shooter. I mean, he's going to bring floor stretching ability. But defensively, that's not, for me, what he's going to bring to the table. I, I, I think that that's a miscalculation. The Wolves think that replacing Rubio, Torian Prince is going to help the defense. I think they're wrong. Um, so we'll see. And, I, you know, I, I'm also seeing through this in that this move was not because he is a better player than Ricky Rubio. It's because they're trying to save a few dollars, um, well, a few million dollars to retain their restricted free agents. But they certainly aren't greasing the wheel of a, wheels of a big trade because of the way that they, they pushed this thing through on Monday instead of waiting until the league calendar flipped. So it was really just to retain Vanderbilt and McLaughlin and pick up a second round pick along the way. Remains to be seen if that was the right decision. And we're not going to know if they can't pull off another big deal. And if you know Rubio continues to play well, as he did at the end of last season and obviously did in the Olympics. And if Torian Prince isn't, he's not, spoiler alert, the answer this isn't going to look great looking back, you know, a few months from now. Um, and that's unfortunately, I think where we're sitting right now is, is it's, is it's very much in question. Um, but I thought that was a telling quote from Rosas in the article. He goes on to talk about expecting growth from the top guys. He mentions Towns, Anthony Edwards, D'Lo, also Beasley, Jade McDaniels, and waiting on their development. Um, and then there's a few names listed by Krasinski, not by Rosas to be clear uh, as trade potential trade targets. Guys, we've talked about plenty. Marketing we talked about already today, Ben Simmons, Danilo Gallinari, I think is pretty unlikely at this point to end up in Minnesota now that Rubio's contract is off the books here. Um, Kyle Kuzma as well still is a possibility who is in Washington, but the price of a lot of these trades and now in free agency too, and, and that's mentioned by John that some of these contracts being size, signed, I mean, DeMar DeRozan got $85 million over three years from the Bulls. Duncan Robinson got $90 million from Miami. Evan Fournier got $78 million over four years from the Knicks, which is bonkers. And I love Evan Fournier. I mean, John's right. The the price of this uh, of this offseason, the price of players this offseason is just, and I feel like we say this every offseason, but it's really crazy. Um, and we should not be surprised that the Wolves have not gotten in on the action. I also think sitting here today, you have to feel okay about the roster. I, I get that we're supposed to be up in arms, I guess, that the Wolves haven't done anything. But remember, they've got two young 24-ish year old guys who have been all-stars. They've got last year's rookie of the year runner-up, Anthony Edwards, who could be a generational talent. They've got a surprising first rounder from last year in Jade McDaniels. They've got Leandro Bomaro coming at some point with some upside, probably this year. The roster isn't in terrible shape. It needs some balancing. I didn't like the Prince for Rubio trade, and I, I don't think I will when the dust settles here in a few months, but it's not doomsday for the Wolves. Um, and I guess I'll, I'll leave you with that this week as we head into the weekend. Um, it's not doomsday. I, and I also, I don't think the Wolves will pull off a big trade for Ben Simmons. I think it's unlikely. We can cross our fingers and hope it happens, but I think we're just going to have to live through the next few weeks being pretty quiet and, and you know, projecting forward what we're going to see in terms of development for McDaniels and Edwards, a healthy season from Towns, hopefully with an offseason that is nowhere near as tumultuous as last offseason for him and tra tragic for him. D'Angelo Russell healthy. There's a lot to look forward to next year, whether or not the Wolves pull off a big trade. Um, and and I, I, maybe that's too optimistic for Timberwolves fans to hear, but that's where I sit today you know, here uh, at the end of the Olympics and the start of Summer League 
you know, the, the waning hours of free agency and heading into really trade season in August. Um, that's, that's my thoughts on, on where the team sits. Um, that's, you know, reminder, gold, gold medal game will be this evening, Friday night, uh, moving into the weekend. We'll talk about that on Monday. We'll also do the uh, quick summer league preview for whatever that's worth. I went through the roster the other day, but the Wolves kick off or tip off, I should say, Monday night, 6 p.m. Central on ESPNU against the San Antonio Spurs entry in Las Vegas Summer Leagues. We'll talk about that on Monday show. And of course, recap that game, maybe do studs and duds a little bit like a regular season game on Tuesday. That'll be fun to be able to get back to some game coverage as well. So um, big weekend of basketball. Enjoy Team USA and uh, hopefully they'll get the gold. Uh, this evening against France. And we'll be back on Monday. If you're not already following or subscribed to the show, you can do so anywhere you listen to podcasts. Of course, that includes Apple, Google, Spotify, and the all new Odyssey app. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves and at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. A reminder that Locked on Wolves is part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Of course, the Locked on Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. That's all we have for you today. We'll be back next week, daily again next week, Monday through Friday. So we'll, we'll see you then. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.